Hi, everyone, and welcome to El Camino People, the podcast season two. So we are finally almost over the 100 episode. We did about 46 to 47 episodes in English last year, the same amount in Spanish, and then we hope to make it even more this year. But today we have a, a great pilgrim. We have a dear friend that we met a, a long, not so long ago, but it's something that we haven't had before in the in the in the podcast. It's the first, as we call it here in Spain, bicicrino, no? The the pilgrims that go by bike, and I say pilgrims because I really believe that everyone that goes to Santiago, no matter what is the way they're doing, it's you know being a pilgrim or not, it's why you're going it, and the way you're going it is just a different pleasure that we all have. So, hi, Kempton, and thank you to being today with us. Thanks for all the problems that we issues we have with the with setting up the time and everything. And thank you for being such an early notice with us. I know that you wake up early today to watch the Tour of France, but this will be released in September. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Seattle, and uh, I just saw Mark Cavendish tie Eddie Merckx. <laughs> so, day. a great way to start the Friday, no? Yes, correct. So we always start with every pilgrim with a one-minute questionnaire. As I told you before, this is the, the, the whole idea is an icebreaker. We have a set of 40 questions. Nobody has ever made it till the 40, so maybe you can be the first one. You know, bikers are faster than pilgrims, but we'll <laughs> see how it goes. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. Remember, whatever comes to your mind, don't overthink it. Just throw it away, okay? okay. Let's go for it. Your first Camino. 2005. How many Caminos? 20. One month to ride? Uh, two weeks. Uh, a private hostel? Uh, hotels. One city? That I love? Uh, Rabanal del Camino. One meal? Uh, one meal. Well, of course, just tortilla and cafe con leche. <laughs> a memory? Uh, a memory is the every single time that I go down the stairs at the cathedral and hear those bagpipes. Uh, your favorite stage? My favorite stage is the stage to Osibrero. A happy moment? Uh, every time I go down those stairs and hear the bagpipes. One color? One, one what? One color. One color? Blue. One smell? One smell. Uh, lavender as I'm going to Rabanal del Camino when you leave Astorga and you smell the lavender. And finally, a beer? A beard? A beer, a beer, a beer. Oh, a beer, of course, yes. Uh, Estrella Dam. Oh, Estrella Dam? Really? Yes, I like it. And okay. I also like the, the Stella. The Stella Galicia. So, so, well done, really, really well. And First question we always ask every pilgrim that comes into the Camino People podcast is like, how did you find out about the Camino? You know, I always know for the Germans, they have this book for Americans. Sometimes it's the movie The Way. What happened in your case? And like for you being from Seattle and being a biker, how did you find out about the Camino a long time ago? Well, I, I feel like it, uh, it was fate, it turns out. But in 2005, my wife and I decided we want to go to Europe and ride our bicycles. And uh, at that time, The Camino was, and if we're going to take our bikes to Europe, we're going to do two weeks. And it was the only two-week trip that I could find that was less than $5,000. So we signed up. Wow. I had no idea about the Camino. I knew nothing. Never been to Spain before. And uh, it just, well, it hooked me like a fish being hooked. <laughs> so this was and, in uh, 2005. 2005. So right really at the moment where the Camino was growing, but it still wasn't huge just today. Yes. And it, uh 
I don't know how how I didn't know about it because now I feel like it's such a big part of my life. I mean, you can see I have the necklace, I have a tattoo of this sign, I have all my some Compostelas and and uh, passports on the wall. All of this artwork is by Zamo Teme, a, a gentleman who lives in Santiago. So I just I'm so connected to it. I really feel like my my place in this world is to show it to people. I get all choked up. <laughs> but but yeah. it's true. I, I I truly believe you know, and and that's what I believe that the Camino people. It's about the people. It's about the stories of the people. And going to the Camino, it doesn't matter which way you go. You know, you can go like today. I just got a friend that told me that one of his friends is gonna go in one of those monocycles, but electrical ones, and he's gonna do the Camino on a monocycle. And I know that once he's all over the Facebook, people will be complaining about if it's not a pilgrim, it's not a pilgrim. I'm like. What would you prefer, you know, to this kid to be on a bar drinking and doing nothing or going to the Camino in any way possible? I, I think option B, of course, going to any way possible. It'd be interesting to see how he uh, navigates the trail on the monocycle. I know. I don't know if he's going to do it in a, you know, more road or more, but he, I saw the picture and the, the trail is more, you know, more like a mountain bike. So we'll, we'll be really interesting to follow us. So we will probably have him interview here. But as oh, you say, cool. you know, a little step, look where you are now and look what happened in 2005 something as little as finding a cheap trip in europe ended up right. being part of your life no a, a huge part of my life like i say i think it's it's my purpose to show people you know i think now i've probably taken close to 200 people wow. on, on the camino and i think 180 of them i've seen cry you know <laughs> and what i said more probably a lot of them have come back and doing by themselves no Yes, a lot, almost everyone says, oh, I have to come back and walk it or, oh, my aunt would love this. I must bring her back when I can come back. And, and then, of course, they send me messages and emails and say, oh, we're back. We're thinking of you. We're in <laughs> this place where we were before. And they'll send me a picture. And it always, always gets me. So how was your first Camino? I'm like, for everyone, the first Camino is that a special moment. But for you, um, we will go for, to the prior to the Camino. How do you prepare for the Camino? being a biker and being from the States and like, you have to send your bike, you have to send all your gear. You don't know everything. Do you train? I'm like, a lot of people ask us, I'm like, we talk a lot about walking the Camino and how to be prepared, but how do you deal with all that stuff being a biker and having to send your bike from the States and taking care of all of that? Well, it was, it was an ordeal for sure. The first time uh, I, I ride my bike enough that I don't, don't have to really specifically train. I'm in good cycling shape, mm -hmm. but it was more the, the mental part of the Camino that was hard for me the first time. Uh, I had never been to Spain before. My wife and I had never done a trip together, you know, uh, overseas with our bikes and we have to take our bikes on the airplane and we have to make our way. We took the train from Madrid to Pamplona. So we have to get our bikes on the train and get uh -huh. our bikes to the hotel. And it was a very long ordeal. And, uh, and then doing the Camino, you know, then we, now we have a GPS device that just, you just follow the GPS mm -hmm. Well, then we had a giant stack of papers <laughs> and we had to read, you know, two tenths of a kilometer, take the roundabout, four more tenths of a kilometer, turn left on Calle this. And it was, we got lost many times, did way too many kilometers some days. And uh, we, we definitely had some Camino moments out there and we had some Camino angels come and help us a couple of times when we really were, we were, you know, in deep, yeah. we were up in very deep and, uh, It was, it was really hard. Um, I mean, I know some people think that uh, riding the bike makes it easier, 
but uh, it, it was very difficult, both mentally and physically. And uh, when we finished, uh, we had no, no desires of doing it again. But of course, you go <laughs> home and you start to reflect and you go, oh, I can do it better. I can do this. I can do that. And so we started going back every year. And, uh, and here I am 16, 17 years later now, still doing it every year and, until my legs fall off. I'll do it every year. So how's the process for someone that you know that is listening to, you know, a lot of people listening from South Africa, from South America, the States, Canada, Australia. What do you think, you know, for bikers that are listening, it's easier to rent a bike here in Spain? Uh, in which case do you think they should bring their own bike? I'm like, or in which case they shouldn't? Well, I think um, it's definitely easier to rent a bike, but the price is about the same. So if, if yeah. like me, you ride your bike a lot and you're used to your bike and you're a bit of a bike snob, Yeah, and you have uh, your previous bike that is quite expensive and you take it to the hotel with you and put it in the other bed close to you. And this is, is not a joke. True. I hear many people that they took two beds, one for the bike, one for themselves. Yes, that's me. That's me for <laughs> sure. I leave all the other bikes outside. My bike comes inside just because I, I want to be able to sleep. Yeah. And if it was outside, I would not sleep so good. And you mm -hmm. need your sleep, of course. Totally. But I think that... Uh, You know, if you're comfortable bringing your bike on the airplane, and this is something you've done frequently, you mm -hmm. can do this. You're, you go to the, your first hotel, and they will send your bike case, you know, by Seor, the, yeah. the equivalent of FedEx in Spain. And it's it's only 50 euros to send your bike anywhere in Spain inside mm -hmm. of a bike box by Seor. So it's fairly easy to ship your bike box ahead. Um, we uh, send our luggage with a company, Tony Transporte. So mm -hmm. we don't carry anything on the bike yeah. except for, you know, the jacket we need and the water. So it makes it a little bit easier to, to, to ride if you don't have to carry everything. Of course, the people who are carrying everything on their bike think that we are cheating and everybody thinks everybody else is cheating, you know, in some yeah. way or another. It's the big fight of we are always looking at the other side and see what the other guy is doing instead of looking around and thinking, and, you know, this is my Camino. The only, as I always say, the only person that you cheat is to yourself. So You know, who cares if this guy is carrying a bike or carrying a backpack? I'm like, you don't even know how much weight is he putting. So, yeah. Agreed. And then, like you said, anyone who makes their way to Santiago is a pilgrim and everybody has their own journey and has their own difficulties on the journey. I think every time you do it, at least for me, it has something to teach you about yourself mm -hmm. and whether or not you learn it while you're there or you get <laughs> home and you think about it later. But there's always a lesson for you. And Sometimes it's logistics that is the lesson and sometimes it's your spirit and, and sometimes it's how you deal with other people and all of these things. But I think that, you know, there's definitely a lesson for all of us every time, every mm -hmm. time we make that journey. And for you, how was it done? Like we hear from people that go with their spouse, with their girlfriend on a, on a walking, but for you on a bike, that's a totally different. I'm like, I guess you were probably both used to the other biking together, but how do you manage your Camino? Did you guys have like pre, like a stage already set up when you first came to Spain? Did you start in San Juan in Roncesvalles? How was it the first trip with your wife? Yes, we started in Roncesvalles. Uh, and the first trip, it, it was both amazing and challenging. I mean, we had, as you know, the Camino is, is ups yep. and down as you're walking and some days you're up and some days you're down and you just have to, you have to push through the down days to get to the up days. And Of course, the first time, our first couple of times, you don't really know what's coming. Now I know every foot, you know, I know mm -hmm. every single turn, I know every single hill that is coming. So mentally, it's much easier for me. But, you know, that first time, you don't know how hard it is to go to Osobrero. You don't know 
how hard it is to go through San Zil and get to Saria the next day, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely challenging both physically and mentally, even when you're in good biking shape, it still challenges you. And what about going with your wife? I'm like, how is the whole couple? Because I guess, you know, normal day couple issues when you go into biking, you have biking issues plus Camino issues. And that became very true. Very true. Uh, we're lucky in that we, have the kind of relationship where we try to not focus on the, the down moments and we mm -hmm. try to keep our focus on the up moments, but we definitely had some times where, you know, it was hot out, say the day to Leon is a very long day for yeah. the bikers. We go from uh, carry on de las Condas all the way to, to Leon. Uh, it's a very long day and it was hot on that day. And uh, I was having a hard time and I started thinking to myself, well, if I'm having a hard time, it must be, even more hard for her. And so my little lips started to quiver and the tears start to build up in my eyes. And then she sees me in that state and the same thing happens. And that's one of the times we had our Camino Angel moment. We had a group of French guys show up and they said, you guys look like you're having a hard time. You can get on our wheel and we will take you all the way to Sahagun. And uh, they did. And that helps save our butts, man. We were, we were having a hard day out there and And I, I feel like that's one of the great things about the Camino is that everybody is, everybody you meet is, is in it together. We're all doing the same thing. And uh, we try to help each other out. And sometimes I've been able to help some people out. And sometimes other people have had to help me out when I was having a hard moment. I've mm -hmm. been there in the cold, in the rain, where I had almost hypothermia. And I uh, came upon some walking pilgrims and they had thermoses of coffee and thermoses of hot chocolate. And they shared it with us and I was able to get warm enough to make, I mean, I was slurring my speech because I was so cold. I was, you know, in a bad place and they, they saved us on that day as well. And so I, I try to do the same thing. I try to, to find people that I can help when I can. And, and I, sometimes I need help and they, and it's there. It's, it it's one incredible. of the most amazing things about yeah. the, about the way. And the Camino truly provides, and, you know, we can write so many books about this, but One of the things that a lot of people don't understand about the Camino by bike, sometimes people think, you know, that you, in the Camino, we always talk about the Camino family, but usually bikers, you are your own, you know, it's really strange to see one biker by himself in the Camino is usually with a group of friends or with a group of, you know, bikers that you bike together. But how do you relate the, the Camino family that we talk, you know, about the burgers and everything into the biking? Do the bikers create the same kind of like a family, but because of your route, oh, yeah. some days they go longer or shorter, you don't create that kind of like community that goes all together from one place to another. Well, it's, it's interesting because even if you don't quite stay in exactly the same place, you are traveling at relatively the same speed and you see the same bikes every day. You see mm -hmm. the same 15 or 20 people every day. You bump into them in a bar in a town somewhere and you do form a bit of a community. Uh, you get that, you know, foxhole mentality. You're, you're all doing this together and it's interesting you and then you will see them in the square in Santiago at the end and you share hugs with them and you talk about your ups and downs and of course you know just like the walkers we go through that arc where you first start the Camino and you're very excited and you've got your brand new clothes and you're looking ready to go and then two or three days in you start to go oh my god what what have I got myself into here am I even gonna be able to do this can I make it You know, and then after another couple of days, you find your rhythm and you realize, oh, okay, if I just keep doing the baby steps and keep moving forward, I'll eventually get there. Yeah. And uh, when you get there, you, you can't, you almost can't believe that you got there because it's so many things that you have gone through mentally and physically. And, and we see that, you know, one of the great things about the bike is that 
each day that we ride, we probably see four days worth of walking, three or four days. Mm -hmm. And so you see that arc of the people, you know, on their first couple of days, everybody's excited and has fresh backpacks and they're full and (laughs) two or three days in, maybe a knee starts to hurt or the back starts to hurt. And so in in say Zubiri or getting close to Pamplona, you start to see people, you know, their body language changes and totally. And then that, and then by Puente Lorena, you start to see them standing back tall again. And they're like, okay, I got this. And that's one of the great things about the bike is you go from group to group of walkers. And, you know, of course you slow down and you say, hello, where are you from? How are things mm-hmm. going? You know, you have the little chat with each, each little group of walkers. And one of the great things about being on the bike is you get to see that, that arc that the walkers go through, you know, and then of course, you get to Saria and all of a sudden it's all brand new people again with brand new backpacks and brand new boots. And all the people that have been walking the whole time are like, oh, I'm not so sure I'm excited to see these people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's really interesting to watch that, to watch the, the arc that the, the, both the walkers and, and the riders go through. We just sort of go through it at different points yeah. uh, on along the way. It's, it's one of the most interesting. How is the interaction between bikers and, and walkers? And like for you guys, do you mountain bike or road bike or do a mix of both? We we ride mountain bikes, but we do take the road frequently mm-hmm. when the trail is too narrow for us or too technical for some of the people in the group or, you know, or in busy places. I try, yeah. you know, at least our group, um, I really stress being courteous to the walkers and having respect for them and slowing down and talking to them and not just going mm-hmm. past as fast as you can and ringing your bell, get out of my way, get out of my way, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I try, I think one of the amazing things about the whole trip is engaging with the other pilgrims and hearing other people's stories and getting their perspective on it and, and why they're doing it, where they're from, all of the things that you're asking me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to ask the walkers too. And I find that to be super enriching. You know, I've made great friends who were walking and great friends who were biking, who I still, you know, keep in touch with via the internet and mm-hmm. still see, you know, when I go to where, you know, where they live, because I, I have a job where I travel a lot. So I get to go and, and run into people. And I always try to hook up with fellow pilgrims and have a drink or have dinner and, and hear how their life is going since the Camino and when they plan to do it again, because everyone plans to do it again, whether they <laughs> or not. And so it's, I think that's one of the most enriching things is the, is all the other people. And, you know, the walkers are the vast majority of them. So if you don't interact with the walkers, you're missing 80% of, of the people, you know? And so it's really important to me to not only show respect for the walkers, but to interact with them and to hear their stories and to, to talk to them and hear about all the blisters on their feet, Mm -hmm. of course, and all of the things it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really yeah, cool. yeah. I guess the, the more we talk to each other and the beauty of, of the community is that at the end, we all go to the same bar. You know, it doesn't matter what the way you're walking, where you're sleeping, the restaurant that you have lunch. In, there is all those magic places in the Camino that you met with everyone. It doesn't matter, you know, if you are a high-end CEO of a company, or you are working in a supermarket, if you're 80 years old, or if you're 18 years old, the Camino Great. sets everyone on the same line. And the conversations are so incredible. I'm like, you cannot, I'm, I'm like, you, you're like me, you've been walking so many writing so many Caminos that you can write so many books about stories of people that walk with you and people that you discover in your walks. So the more we chat with each other and and respect each other and know that there's one Camino that we all have to keep for everyone, not just for bikers, for riders, for wheelchairs, for people. Like the other day I saw a a lady here in Pamplona, blind and deaf. I'm like, 
you know, there is a lot of kinds of pilgrims, a lot of kinds of people, and the caminos for everyone and, and each of one of them. Yes, I bet some people, uh, you know, with all kinds of different reasons for doing it, all kinds of different abilities, and it's always, you know, it's easy to be inspired by people on the Camino and even more inspiring when you hear some of the stories mm -hmm. of what people have gone through to get there. Have you ever met uh, Mateo in Molina Seca? Yeah. Have you met him? The man yeah. that gives everybody a hug? There's so many people that give those hugs. I'm like, and, and those are the, the, the hugs, you know, I'm like, since I'm just arrived from my Camino, I'm like, when you go through this year of COVID and being at home and working, we are all so stressed. You go to the Camino, you get your batteries charged up, and you get those hacks from those people. And, and it doesn't matter if you believe, you don't believe, whatever. I'm like, it's incredible. I'm like, gets you back where you were supposed to be as a human being. And it gives you faith in everything. And, and you go back home. So empowered and everything is just incredible. It almost sounds like you don't need me for this interview. You're saying the same things that I say. You could just talk into the mirror. But we agree. That's the beauty. I'm like, and those interviews, as you say, you know, the whole idea of this is to empower and to encourage people to go no matter what to Santiago. And we haven't had a biker yet. And it's so hard for me to, to find bikers and, and to interview. And, and when I found your, I don't know even how I, you know, the fun things I found your video with all the different shirts that you were counting. And you oh, were like, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. I have too many of the Camino Santiago. I'm like, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> I do have a lot of I have a lot of jerseys I have a lot of shirts of course that I wear all the time and one of the great things about having the t-shirts the of the Camino is I'll be out somewhere and someone will see my shirt and go oh you've done the Camino to Santiago oh okay well let's sit here and have a drink and talk about it and so I you make friends everywhere you know it's I know uh, when I first when I first did it it was very rare for people to come up to me and say something about the Camino and I would be almost shocked but it's much more frequent now. I mean, once a month, someone will come to me and say, oh, I see your shirt or I see your necklace or I see your tattoo. And they will have a talk about the Camino and they'll tell me, you know, their ups and downs and and how amazing it was, of course, and when they're going to plan to go back. It is an incredible community. I always say that, you know, we still have like a LinkedIn for just Camino related people, you know, because at the end we, you know, what kind of person walks the Camino. And if you have a business and I can help you, and the same idea with a with a coach surfing. I'm like, if you have a house in Seattle, I have one in Spain. I'm like, let's trade for a month. I'm like, I, I trust this guy. He's gonna do the Camino. He's gonna spend here. And, but it's incredible yeah. how people start. You know, if they see you with a yellow arrow or with anything Camino related, they will approach you and start talking to you. So it's it's quite funny. We have a a group here in Seattle that's a Facebook group of of American pilgrims. And uh, one time they were like, oh, we're gonna go to this park and do a walk. And so I got my Camino bike out and I just slowly rode past them. I didn't tell them I was coming and I had my Camino bicycle and I just went slowly by and they were all like, Oh my God, they, you have a Camino bike. And then they, you know, of course they say, Oh, we're, we're a group of pilgrims. I'm like, well, I kind of knew that I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm was... breaking in on purpose a little bit, but of course <laughs> I made friends with all of them. And now I, a couple of them ride bikes and we go and ride bikes together sometimes and, and stay in touch, you know, in the Facebook group. And so it's, it's always fun to, to meet the other people and, and hear their yeah. story. And that's one of the things, you know, with COVID, I've been able to meet so many people and interview so many people. That's why, you know, the, the Camino people, we are a company and we are a nonprofit. So I'm going to tell you something that is a premiere because this podcast is going to be released in September. I can tell you, we are going to be doing the first international pilgrims meeting in October. Nice. Everything's well, going to be too... September is uh, when my next Camino is. I start on the, the 5th of September in Roncesvalles. So I will, when I will probably be watching this podcast in a hotel 
on the Camino. Yeah, probably what we'll be doing, you know, we will try to see. Usually yeah, right now the podcasts are released on Tuesday, so we'll probably try to release it on the day that you guys arrive and we can post some cool pictures and and maybe even join you guys for all the little states. But let's go back to the Camino. How was the first arrival to Santiago? For, you know, everyone, that uh, first arrival is, is, is one of those moments. How was it for you? It was overwhelming for me. I mean, like I said, we had gone through a lot of trials and tribulations. And like you pointed out, you know, it was my first uh, international bicycle trip with my wife. So there, that whole dynamic, you know, had its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And when you finally make it to Santiago, you almost, especially the first time, you almost can't believe that it's real, that you really did it. You're like, I, I actually did it. Because, you know, during the during it, you're, you're not sure you're ever going mm -hmm. to make it. You're, you're, you feel so far away sometimes, like it's such a long ways to go. And there's so many things that can happen and both mentally and physically. And, you know, the, certainly every time I get there, it's, it's emotional. I always tell people that if they're not emotional, when they get there, they have a black hole for a heart. But the first time was, was overwhelming. I don't think I could even talk. I, I, there were so many tears and I was so happy that we made it and so happy that my wife made it and that we were, you know, we had finished and that it was at that point, it was all behind us because it was very difficult the, the first time. And it, it, it was overwhelming. And, and as soon as I got there, I knew I had to do it again. I knew I had to do it again. And that's actually when, when people get there on the bike, they often say, Oh, that was so great. Can we just turn around and go back? now to Ronces Baez and, and go the opposite way we don't want to go home we want to keep doing this you know you can do it the world record of going from from Ronces Baez to Santiago I think is 30 something hours non-stop 35 or 36 so Whoa. no I like to slow down and, and to have a beer and to, to have a pincho <laughs> I know the Camino with no beer and no pinches and no pool no octopus no pulbo is, is, is no Camino it's, oh no and so, uh, you know I the first time I went, I discovered the cerveza con limon, and which is just the perfect drink during the day when you're on the bike, you know, you get mm -hmm. the satisfaction of the beer, but it's cold and refreshing and you don't get, you know, yeah, you, you don't get, get too busy and right? you get your electrolytes and you did recover. Yeah. Cerveza con limon it's is perfect. such a great, there's another one that a lot of my friends and I drink when we go backpacking and, and, and hiking, cerveza con, with gaseosa. Ah, I have to try. It's a really, you know, the whole idea is, you know, you lower down the alcohol on the beer. It's more frizzy, it's more gassy, so it gets you, you know, it's a more refreshing drink. But... Yeah, yeah, and I like the gaseosa. It would go good together. Yeah, they go pretty good. So what happened Wait, after, what happened oh my God, again, really, what is going on with my camera today? Let's see if we can fix it. We'll cut it out later. It's having a fun time. Back to the rainbow. Yeah, I have to say this probably been okay. There here we, we are again. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I need a new camera. We'll, have well I think uh, when I get to Pamplona in September, we we will have a cerveza con gaseosa. More than that, and I will take you. I always said, you know, I always yesterday I was having a couple of tapas with pilgrims. I take them to specific bars in Pamplona that they have the best tapas. And um, you've been in Pamplona a lot many times, so we'll see if I can show you some new things. Sure, sure. I like uh, bodega saria. Okay, but have you tried the the the, the huevo poche from the gaucho? I've been to the gaucho, but I don't know if I've had that particular one. Okay, well, we'll discover it. So I, I do love el gaucho. It's right on the corner by of Europa. Course. There, perfect. You know the spot. So the gaucho I has two really there. famous pinchos: the the huevo poche and the foie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, the foie. and they are always showing the Formula One on the television there, so I I go there. <laughs> 
Formula One. Yeah, this year is not a good year to follow the tour of the Formula One for Spaniards. I'm like, we don't have anyone, even in no. tennis, Nadal is not doing really well, but uh, we'll see. What so what happened after you come back from your first Camino? You get back to the States, and as you say, you know that you were going to be doing the Camino right away, but how long did it take you to really, you know, getting back to Spain? And how was it this time? Were you coming with friends, with your spouse, or just by yourself? Well, the, the second time uh, I brought one friend with me, Uh, when I first started doing it, I was doing it with a, a, a tour company. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was the same time each year there. I was in May and uh, I brought a friend back with me who I, you know, told him how great it was. My wife said, Oh, I think one <laughs> is enough for me. And so I took a friend, although she has now done it five times herself. And uh, I took a friend with me and showed it to him. And it was of course, completely different when you're, One, another new person, and two, you know, just a different dynamic than with your wife, of course, with a friend. A little bit of competition, maybe, you know, <laughs> to try to get to the top of the hill first. And so it was it was fun. It was fun. And uh, I was already hooked. And so, you know, I knew that I would be coming back year after year. And uh, I decided that I would go broke if I kept doing the tour company. So I started to guide it myself. And that's got a job that's incredible. It. How did you, you jump from you know being a, a well, that's one of the lot of people you know one of the other problems that people talk in the communities about the guiding you know the companies and I always say there are some people that they don't feel okay doing them by themselves. There's some people that they need the extra help. There's some people that they need the guidance. And with biking, you always need someone, you know, it's more tricky when you're coming from out of Spain and you don't know the, the place, you don't know everything. So having that company that sets everything and sometimes is easier. And as we were talking at the beginning, that's usually the first step to in the following years do it by yourself, even walking or any other way. So how was the, the switching from being a, a pilgrim that just walking for yourself to being to guide other pilgrims? Well, so the first three times I did it with the other company as a customer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for five years, I just went by myself. I brought a couple of friends uh, sometimes and sometimes I just went by myself and, uh, you know, doing the logistics yourself is it's a lot of work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work because uh, as a cyclist, I want to have a hotel every night and I plan ahead. So, uh, you know, you have to make the reservations with the internet. It gets easier and easier, but in the earlier days in the 2005 through 2010, yeah. the internet wasn't, not every hotel had an email address that they looked at every day. And mm-hmm. it was a bit of a challenge, the logistics and finding someone to, to move the luggage. Now, of course, that's much easier. The, there's an envelope in every hotel, so mm-hmm. you can easily move your luggage every day. But uh, it, that was quite challenging. And uh, I, I enjoyed that challenge, but it also added some extra stress. And I tried to do things way months in advance, so I knew that I had a hotel, so I could stop thinking about it. But there's always one or two details that you forget and you, at the last minute you have to get it all together. And so it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge, you know, and I'm sure it's the same thing when you're walking that you have to try to figure out where, how far am I going to walk today? Where am I going to stay? And uh, for me, that part would be very stressful to not know where I'm staying every night and, and to have to try to, you know, to, to secure someplace to stay every night would, would be, would be, I, I think that that stress along with the physical stress creates a little higher level than yeah. we feel on the bicycle because, you know, the people that come with me, I've made all of the arrangements so they don't have to worry about that at all. They don't have any logistical, mm-hmm. you know, stress whatsoever. And I can, under, I can imagine that that adds to it, especially during the very busy times of the year or during the Jubilee year when, 
when and, you know and also this year with Kobe and like I was you know the pilgrims I was having uh, tapas in Pamplona where they they were calling a couple of other albergues in advance in Punta la Reina and Estella and some of them were already booked the the donut the normal ones the public ones you know they just changed the Galician they used to be making reservations at the beginning of the summer but the website wasn't working so now they are first come first serve so for all our pilgrims these two this year and next year I think are going to be tricky and as I always say you know if you can afford and you if that's going to give you peace of mind go ahead call a private Belgrade or a hotel and doesn't feel you know don't feel right about it and like you can every once in a while you're going to be with people and declaration is going to be the same but this year always try to make a call because the hospitalero you never know what's going to be happening and a lot of places are we hear that some cities are going to be maybe closing down just for the city so you're maybe not even going to be yeah, able to stay outside. so it's going to be a tricky it year like it seems like every morning when i'm at breakfast there's walkers there they're on booking.com and they're trying to figure out can i get a hotel mm -hmm. no this town is full oh am i going to have to walk further or am i going to have to walk less to stay in a different town and then yeah. how does that affect the outcome at the end because most people have you know a flight home mm -hmm. or or a trip home booked, yeah. and they have given themselves a period of time and if you have to change things in the middle of it, it makes that end date mm -hmm. harder to get to and yeah that's it seems very stressful to me and I think it's stressful enough just trying to move your body along the, <laughs> along the route. So you said that you were doing 21 Caminos already and always the Camino Frances. Didn't you get tired of, of, of riding the same path, of going to the same places? Well, I have made friends in many of the cities, so I look forward to seeing them. But because I, I bring different people with me every time, I get to see it through their eyes. It's new every mm -hmm. time to them. And so it's new every time to me because I get to see how they react, how they deal with all of the different challenges that come along the way. And uh, so that's, for me, that's, that's the beauty of it every time is, is living vicariously through the people that I go with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I see something different every time as well. It's even though I'm on the same path, it's, it's different every time because, you know, it has a lesson to teach you. And of course the weather is different during different times of the year. And, Uh, the challenges are different. Sometimes I feel good. Sometimes I don't feel good. It, mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's, even though it's the same path every year, it's not the same journey every time. It's, mm -hmm. it's different every single time. So what is the best part comparing, you know, walking by yourself and, and, and walking with others? Well, uh, it used to be that I would just sort of tell people, okay, here's the end. Here's, here's where we're going to meet for lunch. We'll be at the first bar on the right in Puente Lorena, let's say, and mm -hmm. we would all split up and, and go on our own. And then it sort of has evolved because now I know so much about it. Everybody wants to hear about every little thing, you know, mm -hmm. the history of all the places. So we tend to stay together a little more now, but it's, I find that uh, even when you're together, and I think you probably find this walking as well, even when you're technically together, you have a little space between you And you spend that time inside your own head. It's mm -hmm. the, the, the Camino is very much, as much as it is physical and a part of the outside world, it's also very much inside your own mm -hmm. head. And uh, there's a lot going on in there as well as a lot going on outside. And uh, that, of course, is different every year, just depending on what's going on in your life, what your concerns are, mm -hmm. what your personal happinesses are at that time. And so that also makes it different every time is that you, you have different things going on inside of your head each day. And you, I imagine, especially walking, it's almost like you're walking by yourself and 
when you're with other people. And the same with the riding the bike. It's almost like you're riding by yourself. You certainly, when you stop in a town and have a pincho and have a coffee, then everybody talks about what they just went through for the last two or three hours. But during those two or three hours in between, it's, it's a lot of time in your own head and a lot of time, especially when you find those places where there aren't many other people. You know, of course, when, say, from carry on de las condas down that one dirt road there are so many mm -hmm. people that you're talking to everybody and you don't have a lot of time to think about your problems because you're meeting all these people and you're saying hello to everyone but then there's other times when you know there's not so many people uh, that late in the day especially because you know we we ride a longer distance than most people mm -hmm. walk most people finish walking 12 o'clock one o'clock in the afternoon and we're usually riding till three four o'clock and mm -hmm. so that time in the afternoon, we don't see nearly as many people. So there's a lot more time to think and to, to work out whatever lesson it is the Camino is teaching you this time. What kind of tricks can you give to the first time bikers that are thinking of both biking the Camino Frances? Well, first I say you have to be patient and you have to realize that, uh, and this is very obvious to say, but you're not the only person there doing <laughs> it. And that everybody else's journey is just as important as your journey. And I, I find a lot of time the bikers, you know, they get their, they put their head down and they're like, I have to make it to this place at this time. And they, they don't slow down and speak to the people. They yeah. maybe brush by the people a little bit. And, and I, I, I think it's really important to, to respect everybody else's journey as well. And to realize, you know, whatever you're going through, other people are going through similar things. Other people are going through different things and, and to really, you know, to have some respect for that and hope that they have respect for your journey as well. Mm -hmm. And then we can all come together and, and, and be one community, which is, you know, the great thing about the yes. journey. It's, it's not about putting the time on a Strava no, or making the, the best time you said more no. about the journey. It's yes. I, I try to tell this to people all the time that, you know, certainly you're riding your bike from point A to point B and you want to get that finished and you want to arrive safely, but it's the in-between parts that you don't know you know, that you can't plan for that are the good parts, that those are the parts mm -hmm. that you have to embrace and you have to, you have to be ready to, to, to go off of your planned route, so to speak, you know, and, and take a new route where you're mm -hmm. meeting people or one of the great things about the bike is that we go far enough and go a long, long ways in a day. And so our time is a little more fluid. If we see a farmer in the field, you know, we can stop and talk to them and say, Oh, you know, how long have you lived here? Have mm -hmm. you done the, you know, yourself and almost yeah. everybody there. You have the spare time that maybe some pilgrims they don't have because they really have to make it to the alberga to get a bed. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think one of those, you know, of course the way that I do it has to be the best way. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's one of the benefits of the bicycle is that you do have, you can make up some time if you stop and you get a, a lucky encounter with someone or you know a group of walkers who are having lunch and you can stop and chat mm -hmm. with them for a while and then you can easily catch back up if you just push a little bit and yeah that's a beauty that some pilgrims as i say you know when you as a pilgrim walking you get to a village and you don't have a burger walking another 10k that's quite hard but riding 10k is nothing so i always right. tell you know the bikers just enjoy go with the flow you're the lucky one that can go around and look for an alberga hotel or whatever as for the pilgrim with the backpack is so much harder to to really so do much, that you know, extra. We, in uh, Robinel del Camino, which for folks that haven't gone is at the start of, a, of the mountains, mm -hmm. we stay in the hotel that is the last building in town in Posada Gaspar. And many times walkers will come in and ask if there's a room 
And of course, if there's no room in that hotel, they've already asked all the other hotels in town. This is the last building. Mm -hmm. And you just see in their face like, oh, my God, I have to walk now to Fonce Badon, which is another six or eight K up a very steep hill. It's mm -hmm. already getting dark outside, you know, and so, yeah, I, I definitely my heart goes out to those folks. You can see the in their face. They're very sad about having to continue in the night. And what about gear and preparation for bikers? Well, uh, you know, one of the things about the Camino is uh, whatever you don't bring, that is exactly what you're going to encounter. So if you don't bring your rain gear, a raincoat and, yeah. and your shoe covers and your warm gloves, well, it's going to be cold and raining for sure. You know, if you don't bring enough sunscreen or warm weather clothes, it's going to be hot as, as can be. So I try to, you know, cover all the bases. And that's one of the luxuries of having somebody move your luggage mm -hmm. is that you can bring, you know, everything you will need for each day. And then you look at the weather each day. But I think, you know, the main thing about preparing as a cyclist is, is preparing mentally. Everyone can go out and train and ride their bike and get mm -hmm. their butt in shape for the all day in the seat for two weeks. But it's, it's the mental aspect that really, I think catches most people, most people who are avid cyclists anyway, and who are in good physical shape. It's, they don't realize how mentally tough it really is to, to, be that nomadic lifestyle and every single day wake up in a new place, go to a new place, spend the night, wake up, leave, and you have that, that nomadic lifestyle. And it's, it's hard mentally. It's, it's not as easy as, as just, you know, going for a bike ride every day, because mm -hmm. of course it's a pilgrimage and it's trying to test you. So I think that the, the biggest, the biggest preparation that I try to tell people when I communicate with them before is to be ready for anything and to not, not have too many expectations because your expectations mm -hmm. can only let you down. You yeah. know what I mean? And so you have to be open every day to whatever that day is going to bring it. You know, it can, it can be anything, be anything from a very smooth and easy day and you just ride on through and there's no bumps in the road, or you can have mechanical issues. Somebody can fall down, you know, somebody can not eat the right amount. So they bonk mm -hmm. and they don't have the energy. And so you have to address that, which just happens more, more than almost any other thing is people, don't realize how much yeah, energy physical activity them. it is and how much energy you're using. And I think a lot of that is because of the mental aspect, you know, mm -hmm. your brain takes a lot of energy and of course. there's a lot going on in there all day long. That's for sure. And what about gadgets? I'm like the other day I was in St. John and I saw this kid, uh, he was coming from, from Venezuela and his bike, for example, he didn't have the, the light on the back that now is mandatory in Spain. You need to be signal on your, on your bike. Uh -huh. So, and I saw that you have your biking bracelet that are your, yeah, the road ID. and that's the so what do you think for people coming you know that they're not so used to this kind of like you know a lot of people around they think that biking is for everyone and you've been doing all your life and it is for everyone but there are some things that sometimes you don't think about i'm like do you go with clip-ons normal what do you suggest a, a camelback well i i used to wear the camelback uh for sure but now i realized that I, I do the, the handlebar bag and I just bring okay. my water bottles because I want to stop and get water and stop and talk to people. And so I think that, uh, and there are towns enough if you plan well enough, but mm -hmm. I, I yeah. definitely think a camelback is a good idea for people that haven't done it because one, you can have plenty of water and you just never know when you're going to run out or where that mm -hmm. fresh water source will be. And two, the camelback, you can carry a jacket and some sunscreen and yeah. some tools and some first aid and yeah, some energy bars if you need. So the more prepared you are, the less likely you are to be caught by surprise. Right. So I think it's 
especially for the first time person, again, to, to help you with that mental, to be calm mentally is to have almost everything you could possibly need on you at, while you're riding. You know, most people use the panniers. Um, again, if you're moving your luggage, you don't really need the panniers, but you still, mm -hmm. if you're moving your luggage, you can't, you don't have access to it. So you need everything on yeah. you that you can possibly need that day. And uh, of course, I make mistakes on that. You know, I, oh, I forgot to bring my tools or here it is cold and I brought a jacket, but I brought no gloves today. And so now my hands are freezing, you know, so and inevitably that's going to happen. You're going to have those days. You're going to have great days where everything goes perfect. And you're going to have those days where everything goes wrong. You know, mm. and you have to be able to to calm down and, and just get through whatever whatever is happening in front of you at the moment so that you can. Get your way to Santiago finally. So what is the basic luggage? You know, when we talk about pilgrims, I always say, you know, two shorts, two t-shirts, one long pants. What is the basic luggage for a, for a biker that is going to be carrying their own luggage? Well, for carrying your own luggage, you know, you have to have much less. Uh, I, I know some people who, who all they bring is, is two pairs of bike shorts so mm -hmm. they can hang one off their backpack. Yeah. So that, yeah, back and forth, you know, and I know some people who bring, try to bring a lot, but I think that, All you really need, especially if you're carrying your own luggage, you need two pairs of bike, two, two sets of bicycle clothing, mm -hmm. and then just one set of off the bike clothing. You can bring the pants that zip off to shorts, yeah. and then you have a pair of pants and a pair of shorts, depending on your day. You definitely need a pair of shoes that are not the shoes that you're biking in. Even if you're mm -hmm. not clipped in, if you're wearing clipped in pedals, of course, you have special shoes for that. And you will obviously bring other shoes, yeah. but even if you're just wearing, if you're just wearing flat pedals oh. and regular yeah. shoes, you need another pair of shoes mm -hmm. so that your feet aren't always in the same pair of shoes. It's, it's crucial. And that's why you also need a different set of clothing as well. So you can get those bike shorts off as soon as mm -hmm. you possibly can so that you're, you're not in that same set of clothes all day, every day. It's, it's crucial. And of course, when you're on the bike, you need a basic set of tools You need a, you know, a spare inner tube or some sealant, depending on whether yeah. you're going tubeless or wearing the tube. Uh, you need something to charge the batteries of your GPS device, because most people these days use a GPS device. They don't mm -hmm. use paper directions. You know, so you have to think about that. Most GPS devices, the battery doesn't last all day. So you have to mm -hmm. bring the extra charging battery that you can plug in at lunch so you can keep your GPS device, you mm -hmm. know. I often will tell people today, no GPS device. You have to follow the arrows and you have to have no, you know, and it's, it's so much harder mentally. You'd see people, they, they crack so much earlier in the day that their physical body doesn't last nearly as long. But, when they're but it's incredible. So we are on a normal daily basics. I'm like the other day I was in Madrid and I asked someone, I'm like, oh, you have to go here. And they gave me a map. I'm like, I have Google. I'm like, I don't need it. Right. We, yes, I'm like, and I'm, I'm, you know, I used to go with map and a compass and everything when I was hiking. And now we all, and it's truly like, you know, that part of your brain doesn't work anymore. So when you need to make it work, it's so, so hard it's to get it back difficult. to work again. You should see the look of panic on people's face. when I say no GPS today, today we follow the arrows and they're like, oh my God, are you serious? I don't, I can't do it. Next time, give, give, give them a map and a compass and, and that will be probably, some of them will start crying and, and, and getting back to oh, the states. Oh, for sure. Can you imagine doing it before there was yellow arrows, you know, in the 80s before, you know, because I think the arrows were what, in the late uh -huh. 80s, someone started painting yeah, so, the yellow yeah. arrows. Yeah, Elias Valiña, so, the, the, the priest that is buried in, in Febrero, he was the one that started with the, with the arrows. 
I, I can't imagine just having to follow a compass and a map and, and that would be very mentally challenged. You would be exhausted every day for sure. What about you know, you those, you know, people, say, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Finish. I was going to say, you hear about people, you know, you meet people all the time who both walked out of mm -hmm. their house and rode their bike out of their house and say the Netherlands, you know, and I always ask like, how did you get to the start of the Camino? How did you find the first arrow? Because, you know, when you have this, have to go across the whole country before you even get to the Camino, it's, I can't imagine how, how challenging that must be and how, how stressful it must be. Mm -hmm. In Spain, we, yeah, we have a say that, you know, the, we say that Diablo, el Diablo sabe más por viejo que por Diablo. The devil knows more for being old than for being the, the devil. And in your case, I'm like, you have so many Caminos in your back. What is those little tricks that you have learned with the time? You know, a lot of people, when we talk about pilgrims walking, it's those tricks to keep your feet, you know, instead of Vaseline, some people wear tights. I'm like, I hear everything. The other guy, a friend that walked with me, he was wearing, you know, uh, napkins on their feet to keep the, ah. the sweaty away. I'm like, first time ever. I'm like, it worked for him. So is there any trick, you know, that for bikers being so long, you know, in the, in the sitting there and, you know, what kind of tricks do you use for your feet, for your body? Well, I, I think that uh, what you just said is, is, is the key is that different things work for different people and everybody and has their own their tricks own, of the way. But yeah. of course, you know, even people who are, are avid cyclists, they don't ride their bike for two weeks every single day, all mm -hmm. day. So your body does go through things that it doesn't normally go through. And so, of course, the chamois cream is very important, even when you don't think you need it. You know, mm -hmm. from the first moment of the first day, you have to start wearing the chamois cream. Otherwise, you know, just like with your feet, if you get to a place where your feet are injured, it's hard to come mm -hmm. back from that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to it's hard to get back to healthy because you're you're abusing them every day. And the same thing for your contact points on the bike. You know, just like a, a walking program, you don't want to buy brand new shoes for the bike and show up the first day and wear brand new shoes because, of course, that's going to rip your feet up. Same with your shorts, you know, same with with your helmet, with your camelback. You know, again, the, the camelback is is heavy. You've got your two liters of water in there. You've got yes. tools and stuff. And most people don't wear that, you know, the shoulder straps mm -hmm. uh, all day, every day. So I tell people, if you're bringing a camelback, wear it at home for a couple of weeks, put it on when you're going for a walk, put it on when you're just hanging around the house so that you can get your body used to the, the things that are going to be happening on the Camino. Because of course, if you show up without being used to it, you're going to encounter some issues. It's, it's just the way that it is, you know. And have you find any issues in your Caminos? Have you have any trouble in your, in your own Caminos? Of course, of course. I've had, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've, because I, sometimes ride a little more aggressively than maybe I should. I've had some <laughs> serious crashes on the Camino and, okay. you know, had no skin on the side of my leg on the very first day. I went the first, second day, actually, once I crashed right by the University of Pamplona there, there's a downhill with some roundabouts yeah. and I was going around one of the roundabouts and there was gravel there and I slid out and took all the skin off the whole side of my leg. And so now on you're the trying second to see. Well, the first day, yeah, probably. Well, the second day on the bike. Okay. Because we Roncesvalles to Pamplona and then Pamplona to uh, Estella. Estella. I forgot. But uh, so, of course, now I'm trying to keep bandages on my leg. I don't want to be infected. It's hard to sleep. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get blood on the, the, the bed of the hotel. I don't want to ruin their bed, you know, and have them be upset with me. And, and so these things happen. I've had, you know, or you're, you're, you don't even realize you think you're totally healthy. And three days in, your knee starts to hurt. 
Mm-hmm. And you go, well, how do I mitigate this? I still have to ride every day and it just hurts more and more. And you hope that it's going to get better. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are, these are part of the lessons that the Camino teaches you. You have to, you have to deal with whatever situation you're in at the moment. You can plan and plan and plan and plan, but you still have to deal with every situation that happens to you when it happens to you. So, like you said, the tricks that I know, like using the chamois cream, even when you don't need it, wearing familiar shoes, trying not to ride over your head, you know, just like Mm -hmm. with the walkers, you get there and you go, I'm going to walk 25 kilometers a day. And then your body goes, no, no, no. 15 Mm -hmm. kilometers is all we have. You, you have to listen to that and you have to just change your ways and go to the 15 kilometers. Otherwise you're just not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the, the biggest tricks is again, to, to, to let your expectations go and let the moment, you know, dictate what, how you're going to Mm -hmm. react and what you're going to do each day. Because if, if you, if you ignore that, then it's, it's going to end up biting you sooner or later. And you're not going to have the journey that you thought you had. Uh, Well, you're never going to have the journey that you thought you were going to have. And that's That's part of the, yeah. But if you don't expect anything that that's even much better. Yeah. And one of the issues that we've been seeing this year, you know, with COVID and everything is like, the whole preparation of the travel, of the, the, the flight and everything, getting vaccines, not getting vaccines. But one of the big things I, I believe, you know, for, for pilgrims walking is pretty important, but for pilgrims biking is even more, is the insurance. You know, in Spain, we have insurance oh, for yeah. everyone. We have, if you go to the hospital, they will give you more than first aid. So, you know, coming from the state, that's a big change. But still, do you have a specific insurance? Do you carry everything in your first aid kit that, you know, will be helpful for the pilgrims to carry or to do? Well, certainly uh, in the first aid kit, you know, you can't carry too much because you only have so much space to mm-hmm. carry. Um, my main goal is to to be able to patch up small wounds, but if anybody is really hurt, to just get them to 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 a clinic or to a yeah. hospital. I've had some people hurt themselves before and have to spend a whole week in the hospital in Pamplona, and uh, you know these these things unfortunately do happen. But, at least we have one of the best hospitals in Spain. So if you have to stay in Pamplona, that's that's not bad at all. But and remember that in Spain, you know the, the insurance and everything, the ambulance. So one of the big things is here we don't use nine one one. Remember it's one one two for any kind of emergency that you have. And remember sure. that also in the Camino we have the Guardia Civil, the police that takes care of the Camino. They are now in horses and kind and and they're always oh, there really? taking care of the pilgrims. Yep, there's a special, even bigger deployment this year for the Sacobeon for next year and. You will maybe see them by horses and they set up like uh, offices along the Camino to oh, be. Yes, you know. I've, I've seen them in town. It's like the, the new Knights Templar. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought about that, but it's true. It's there are the Knight Templars taking care of the Camino. So yeah, have, you find any, ahead, any, have you found any problem with the whole COVID situation flying in to Spain and like, or, oh. you know, to the group that is coming, is everybody vaccinated or do you have any issues setting up everything? Well, so far, uh, I have suggested that everyone gets vaccinated, of course, and you know how the political climate is in here in America. I know. I know. Some people <laughs> I've been will, there. some people won't. But, uh, and we have to now, we have to take a, even if you're vaccinated, you have to have a COVID test that is negative mm-hmm. to get on the plane. And I think even you have to get one in Spain to come back as well. Yeah. So I that agree. is a little bit of a logistical thing to try and make that happen for people in Santiago. Um, I found a place in Santiago where we can easily get the mm-hmm. test and uh, I, everyone here has to get it. Cause you know, the, the people that are coming with me are coming from different cities. So mm-hmm. I, I don't meet them until we're in Pamplona. Oh, cool. so, so you don't, well, you know them through Skype or whatever, but never personally to do, to do it into Pamplona. Right. Okay. 
Right? I want to say that, yeah, I tell everyone, like, things are changing as we were talking prior to interview, you know, right now, things are changing in different cities in Spain. Right now, the, the mask is not mandatory in any city, but some of them are back to putting the, the mask on the streets. I was surprised because I was just coming from France and there was no one wearing a mask and I get into Pamplona and everyone wears a mask here still because there's the new yeah. one COVID coming in. Now they say that the, the, the one from England or the one from India and things are going to be changing all the summer. So we as pilgrims have to be ready for many changes for sure. because many cities can close or you know things in Santiago are changing. The numbers are going up. So we don't know what's going and to happen. For me, uh, I think that the mask is just going to become part of my life from now on. You know, yeah. when I'm on an airplane, I'm going to wear the mask. So I've certainly been on the airplane going to to Spain to do the Camino and heard this is in years past. Somebody behind me is sneezing and coughing. And I'm like, great. Three days from now, I'm going to be sick for sure. And sure enough, three days from now, I was sick. So, I mean, for me, now that the mask is a thing, I'm just going to wear the mask all the time on the airplane just to try to 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 be prophylactic about it and and not get sick as yeah. much and i think we're know, all going to be jumping into the asian mode you know also protecting ourselves but right. protecting others from ourselves and like a lot of people they don't get about asian people that they wear the mask all the time you know depending it's like they are so much protective of the community and everything and i guess as you you know one of the things that those masks i don't think they take away my freedom i don't think i think it's just a way if you know putting a mask and save someone's life or making someone else more comfortable why not? For me, I look at it just like another piece of clothing. I don't, yeah. I'm not upset that I have to wear pants every day. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, you're not wearing pants currently, correct? I'm wearing no, my PJs, but don't ask me to stand up. <laughs> that's sad. So for, for me, that's all it is. It's the same as yes. putting on pants. Uh, you, you put on pants so that the rest of society doesn't have to deal with you not mm -hmm. wearing pants. And you put on the mask so that the yeah. rest of society doesn't have to deal with you not wearing the mask. To me, it's, mm -hmm. it's the same, but. That's not how everybody feels. So, again, just yeah. like the, uh, the other pilgrims on the Camino, you have to, you know, respect everybody's way of thinking, even if you don't agree with them. They they're still free to think how they want to think. And of course, I know the best way of, to do everything. So just ask me. But you know, and that, that's what I said, everyone. You know, if this year you don't feel comfortable following the rules that may happen, maybe it's not the year for the Camino. I'm not saying that I'm right or you're wrong. There is no right or wrong at the moment. But the and rules. I think, does, you know, there are some people that just aren't comfortable with getting on an airplane yet. Mm -hmm. And they, that all I, you know, I, again, I belong to many Facebook groups and stuff mm -hmm. that talk about the Camino and there's lots of people that are just saying, no, 2022, then I'm going to yeah. try again because mm -hmm. right now it's just not the time for me. I don't feel comfortable. And yeah. I totally respect that. And then there's another group of people that are like, no, the second that that place is open, <laughs> I am going, I don't care what restrictions are, what hoops I have to jump through. I just want to get there. And I'm kind of in that camp. I, you know, it's September of 2019 was the last Compostela for me. And so it's yeah. going to be almost two years, uh, which is the biggest gap that I've ever had. You know, I try to do it at least once every year and we'll try to do it at least once every year and, until my legs fall off mm -hmm. uh, or just stop working. And so it's for me, I, I as soon as as soon as Spain says it's OK to come, then I'm coming. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't care if I have <laughs> to wear a silly hat, if I have to wear I don't care. I, I, I will, I will jump through whatever hoop is necessary so that I can come and do the Camino because it's, it's that important to me, to my soul, to mm -hmm. my body, to my mind. And just, I remember to everyone, it's just, you know, those little times in the cities and everything. And I don't, as you say, you know, I, I ask everyone, if you don't feel 
comfortable with your mask, find the one that suits you better once you're in your town. You know, there's some one that they're cloth, there's the paper ones, there's different ones. So right now we don't have any specific in which one you have to wear. So find the one that you have to wear more comfortable just to be in every closed place is going to be mandatory in Spain. That's for sure. Well, I think for sure, you know, if, if I was staying in an alberg, I would definitely be wearing a mask when I'm in there. All of these people in one room. That... Um, you have to. It's mandatory. Yeah. So right now, but even, even going outside just in case, I'm like, just find one that you feel comfortable even biking just in case that, you know, things change. So And I also sure. think that, you know, if having to put on a mask is the worst part of your day, then you've got a really good life. You know what I mean? That's, you know, the, we've seen all these memes, you know, of the, the people from World War One and World War II. Like, here we are complaining that we have to wear masks. Exactly. We were at home with Netflix, Amazon, HBO, right. and all the other. And, and I always say, you know, we are the lucky ones. And and finally, we're the luckiest because the Camino is open and, and you're going to be walk, riding soon. I just walk and soon I will be running to Santiago. So, you know, what else can do I we see. need? You're going to run? The I'm going to go with a friend. I'm not going to be running, but uh, a dear friend is going to try to beat the world record running to Santiago. What is the uh, record running? It's uh, less than seven days. Wow. Yeah. The, the I, met a, of... I met a guy one time, this is three years ago, I think, uh, who was was running it and he was running a, a marathon every day. Oh, that's, it. yeah, Ricky, that's Ricky, the one that I'm doing it. He did it three years ago. He went running and by, and he went back by bike in two days. So this year, the whole idea is to be able to, to beat the world record. But everything we are doing into for a nonprofit that runs a couple of burgers here in Pamplona and is the 50th I think, anniversary. I think maybe I met him then. I don't know what time of year he, he did that, but yes, the the person that I met was running. They did it in, in three days and they were planning to ride the bike back. So yeah. and also he has the world small. record of running marathons, uh, one every day for clo close to two years in a row, wow. 670 days. I think let me try 670 it. days. Of I running think a marathon. so. And he has wow. the, the also the triathlon record. I'm like, it's great because all this, you know, this crazy, and we have a great round table about the Camino and, and how a lot of people go with, you know, this kind of things to the Camino because it's, they all do it for a good for a good cause. It's not just, you know, as, as we were talking right. prior to this, people don't get how a runner feels when we are running. I'm like, the first time I finish a marathon, the first time you finish a race, the kind of things that we go when we are doing it, they're so similar to what a pilgrim goes every day walking. I'm like, you cannot compare the experience of a runner saying, oh, he's doing less because he's running. I'm like, maybe the way, you know, his thoughts and his spirit moves him is different than, and for him to get to that experience, he needs to run or bike or sail. Right now you can do the Camino biking, riding a horse, riding a bicycle, on a wheelchair, on by sailing, uh, scuba diving. And I think that's all, that's all but scuba diving yeah it's not you know on the compostela yet but there is a part of the camino that can be doing scuba diving i'm like okay if that's Whatever, what suits you, know. you. And, and for me you know because i think it is there's important lessons to learn about yourself what, however you want to do it whatever gets you there whatever gets you to santiago i'm i'm all for it you know now, of course we you, you always hear this uh conversation when you're on the on the Camino everybody thinks they're the only real pilgrims and everybody <laughs> else doing it in any different so way true. is not a real pilgrim and you know the people that are on the bike that are carrying all of their stuff they think we're not real pilgrims because somebody else is carrying our luggage you yeah. know and I, I find that a very interesting and amusing conversation because you know experience has taught me that everybody is a real pilgrim of course everyone who does it no matter how you do it it's different for everybody and Everybody goes through these same ups and downs, you know, and 
and it's and they learn their lesson and uh, I think that that's what's really important is just like you said just getting out the door and being there and and however you do it I mean you even meet people who are on a motorcycle or in the car mm-hmm. and they are just driving around and staying in the hotels and stuff and they have their own journey that you know certainly isn't as physically demanding but their journey is is valid too you know and maybe mm-hmm. that makes them in the future go oh now I'm going to come back and walk it or come back and ride a bike or that's why i always say you never know what's going on up here and here and that's what it makes you know that a real pilgrim know the way you walk the way you ride or or where you sleep and at the end if you know going by car going by bike going three days if that puts you to discover the camino like that that's that's all it matters exactly i'm right there with you there's no no substitute for actually being there you know everybody thinks that i last year of course i did a virtual camino I did it too. I saw your I saw your your medal on the Instagram. I have one too. And, and a lot of people were like, why are you doing that? I'm like, this is such a great idea. It's pushing people to push themselves and exercise while we are you know, all in cage. And it's such a great idea for, and so many people join and do the Camino virtually and help them motivate to. to and of course, work. for me, when I was doing it virtually, each, each day you're going to do it, you are mimicking a stage. And so I would remember the, the, mm-hmm. the, the landscape of that stage, the people that I meet, the hotels that we stay yeah. at, the restaurants we go to. And so it was, it was definitely a very, very strong mental journey, even though I wasn't physically in Spain, I still got to experience some of those feelings mm-hmm. and some of the memories that I have when I'm there, because for me, it's, you know, again, I do the same, the same Camino over and over and I will be doing the other ones eventually, but you know, it's the people that I know that I meet every time the, the man that owns Hotel Europa, yeah, you know, and, and the different people in the hotels and in the restaurants that we we go to each time, you know, I've I've become friends with those people over the internet, just like I'm becoming friends with you now, and we will meet when we're there, mm-hmm. and we will stay in touch, and and the Camino has made this connection between you and I, and uh, it's I, I can already tell just by talking to you, this won't be our last conversation. No, no that won't be for and, sure, for sure, and that there's another person that I've met because of the Camino, another connection that I can make that you know will will be a long lasting one and this is like 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 the movie the butterfly effect and like you know the camino opens you to that community and the COVID has made this community so incredible for me and suddenly things and you know it's always great and one of the things that i found out it doesn't matter you know i always say that the camino doesn't start the day you're walking or riding starts the day that you discover it and it never stops and that's one of the things that you discover on your first arrival to santiago you think that santiago is the end but as you are now know right now i'm like we don't know when the end is going to come and we must enjoy no, till, it, till it does. Well, and of course, because we, we see the same things, we smell the same smells along the way. We have this, this camaraderie that's built mm-hmm. in already. I know that you have walked through the monastery of San Antonio and then you've seen the castle of Castro Jerez and you've taken a picture of that castle because everybody takes a picture of this castle as you go. And so, you know, I know all of these things that you have done that I have done. And so we already have this shared experience even though we've never done them together mm-hmm. we, we have a shared experience already because we've we've seen the same things we've smelled the same smells we've tasted the same air we've walked through the the area before astorga that smells a lot like cows <laughs> and so we know the smell of the cows that's before astorga and all the you know and, and all of these shared experiences that already gives us so much common ground that mm-hmm. We talk for two minutes and I'm already friends with you because I no, know that's it. and we can be here talking for ages and, and we don't even have a beer yet. But yeah, right. 
Big it's still question. only almost 10 o'clock here. It's not quite time for beer. Hey, it's seven o'clock here in Spain. So, you know, it's always, a, it was always seven o'clock somewhere. So big question for you. If you have to do a Camino walking, which one will you choose to do? You know, now that you have do the French so many times riding, will you try the French? Will you try a different Camino? That's a great question. I mean, I would love to walk the French way just to see the differences and to mm -hmm. see, you know, see the same thing, but through a different set of eyeballs. But I mean, for me, the, the, the one that's super appealing to me is the, the North, the primitive okay. route is, is the one that I would most likely do first if, if I did another one and I've had plans to do it and then it just kind of falls through and also the Portuguese way. But I think on the bike, because I've been to Santiago many times, I might go Santiago to the, to the Algarve. Just okay. because then I get the tailwind. Because if you are coming towards Santiago, it's a headwind the whole time. And you're going almost down. Yeah, that's a pretty right. easy, easy ride. That's not yeah, a that's bad. the plan, right? Going south is downhill. Yeah, you know, that's maybe not a good plan. Maybe one day you can do the Norte, join the Primitivo, and then go all the way down to Dalgarve. That was our plan. That was the, before COVID came, I had made a plan with some friends. We were going to do the Norte to, to Santiago and then go down to uh, Lisboa wow. on the, the Portuguese route. And uh, it was going to take us six weeks. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, COVID come. And, and that's, you know, it's good to make the plan. But then the reality of the six-week bike tour is a long ways time from home. It's yeah. expensive. You're not working. Yeah. All these things. I was supposed to be going to Japan to do the Kumano Kodo and going to Italy to do the, the Piala Bretana. But, you know, plans. There's always new ones and there's always many Caminos to walk and that's one of the beautiful. I'm also very interested in that one, the, in the north of Japan there. They have the, the sort of new Camino route. I met some Japanese people on the Camino one year and they mm -hmm. started telling me that they were there researching to try to to try to build the, the Japanese route. And now it looks like it's got some good infrastructure. And Yeah, there is one that is pretty famous for walkers, the Kumano. But I think for bikers, I have, like they do this Desikoku. It's a much longer. It's a 40-day and they have like two different loops. And I have a friend in Japan. He did the whole Japan biking around the coast. Oh wow! So I, I will That's put you in touch with him. I will send you your his Instagram okay. because he's a he's an avid biker and like, and it's beautiful. It's so different. And as I say, you know, the end. You start with one Camino, and now there are new Caminos popping up everywhere and incredible yeah. routes. It's just amazing. And I I have never ridden my bike in Japan. It's a place that I need to go. I've been to to many countries in Asia and done bike trips in other Asian countries, but uh -huh. just not in Japan. No, so it's I, always it's, it's on the list it's on the and list. you know if you do the Kumano Kodo and you do the Camino Santiago because they are the two Caminos that they're recognized by UNESCO you get the dual uh -huh. pilgrim uh, certificate oh really yeah. mm -hmm. and how many people Very know they, they have like a brotherhood between Santiago and Kumano so if you do the Kumano and it's just four or five days walking and you do uh -huh. the you go with the Compostela you get this cool certificate with like a really cool sign and you get a, like oh, a, another nice. Compostela that Yet would be great reason. for your collection on the back. Of course, of course. Yeah, I, I have a. I used to have every Compostela in a different tube, you know, and I ran out of places to put them. So <laughs> I, I made this for a couple of them, and then I had to put put others into a, into a photo album just because I I ran out of space to keep all my Compostelas. A good Pretty problem cool. to have. Oh, good that, that's a great problem to have. Anyway, Captain, thank you so much for, for having us today, for teaching us the, the keys and the, the little secrets for the bikers. And we hope that we, no, we hope not, we will see each other pretty soon and hope sure. you're enjoying your summer over there. We are for surely doing it here. And 
as we say, this was recorded on July. Right now, there will be the San Fermines in Pamplona, but we don't have the party. So hopefully one day we can invite you and have a blast here and discover the real of Pamplona. Of course, of course. And thank you so much for inviting me to do this. This has been really fun. I love meeting other pilgrims and just uh, even, even if this wasn't a podcast, just to have a Skype call with you <laughs> and to, to chat about the Camino. It's been really good. I, I was a little bit nervous about it because I never know what the hell I'm going to say. You never know what's going to fall out of my face. It could be anything. And so, you know, that's one of the beauties of this really podcast cool. is, is just, I always say to everyone, this whole idea of this podcast is the chat that we have at the bar at the end of the day, just to have it online so we can, you know, interact with other people and the whole idea. So I don't plan anything. The only thing that is planned is those three questions and whatever comes, it comes. And that's the beauty well, of this because... For everybody watching, if you are or listening, if you are on the Camino in September, we always stop at the first bar on the right. Every town we come to, <laughs> the first bar on the right. So stop at the first bar on the right, and uh, you never know. I might be in there having a coffee or a cerveza con limon, and I would love to chat with anybody. Dude, if I could hilarious. meet somebody who saw this, I would love it. Because in it. Spain, we have a famous song that, that says that the, the, the bathroom is always at al fondo, al fondo, al fondo, a la derecha, at the very end, at the very end, at the very end of the right. So we will make a, a song for you guys. And the, you know, the bikers are always at the right first bar. And it's true here, you know, I don't know what is with bikers that you like bars. And, and that's the whole idea. I said, I have a friend that, I, you know, he's on the older age and he's like, you know, biking and riding is my my excuse to get out of home, get with my homies, get a drink and, and enjoy and, and, and keep healthy yep. and if it's in the morning, we stop for coffee. If it's in the afternoon, we stop for a beer. This is the, the reason to ride the bike, of course. And a secret, you can have beer in the morning too. I know, but you know, <laughs> that, 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 that's hard on our American sensibilities. I have to be a I little know. more Spanish and be, uh, be flexible with that. I think you're you right. You can I have coffee I... and you can have tea. And now you can even have vegan and all kind of food on the Camino. And now it's Camino is welcoming everyone. And, and that's the beauty of it. Well, I think I'm going to have to start a new ritual and have the, with the second breakfast, have a beer. I think the second breakfast, it depends where you have your breakfast. You know, for me, my second breakfast was usually at nine, but by 11, we were already in the pincho de tortilla and beer because I'm like, you wake up at six. Come on. Okay. It's fair. For sure. We usually, we have breakfast a little bit later and our second breakfast is usually 10 or 11. So yes, I think if you're having a beer at 11, I should have a beer at 11. You have to remember that here in the north of Spain, when we do races and, and marathons, I'm like, you have a beer waiting for you at the end. Oh, of course, always a beer waiting for you at the end. Yes. I it's mean, that, that is... I, I read research that is really good for your electrolytes and to recover for bikers and runners. So for pilgrims, it's, it's the, perfect. It's the second best recovery drink, beer. The first best is chocolate milk and then beer. And you know... Uh, professional biker is saying that so i'm gonna write that and you know set it into wikipedia so captain baker said anyway my dear friend thank you so much we hope that, that you have a blast during the summer and, and have many rides over there in the states but and hopefully we can join uh, you once here in spain for sure we'll take a selfie together in pamplona when i get there in september and for everyone, if you need any help, you know, we will put all the links to Kempton Instagram and Facebook and you can ask him for anything, you know, that you need if you are someone looking for a, for a trip, a biker's trip in Spain. And if you need any help and if you need anything else, yes, of contact course. us and we'll put you in touch with anybody and, you know, any Camino pilgrim friend that, that will help you. Until yeah, then, please, any questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions or hear any stories anybody has, please. And as we always say, buen Camino, Ultreya. Buen camino, amigo.